I'm Casey. I'm Sarah. And we are Relatively Relatively Dark. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you ready? Yes, I'm jumping in. Yeah. Um, I want to start off by saying this was a suggestion from a listener. So, Rusty. Rusty. This one's for you. I do want to say that I did not get the book. I'm going to apologize if um, I did not do this justice. Shame on you. So, but I did find it really interesting and I'm glad I, I read about it. So. Thanks, Rusty. Yes. We are going to talk about, or I am. You're going to listen. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> a place called Batavia's Graveyard. Dun, dun, dun. I was hoping you did this one. <laughs> Alrighty. So, the Batavia was the flagship of the fleet of the Dutch East India Company. Dutch East India Company. Yes. And the flagship, which I found out, is the ship that carried the commander of the fleet. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things I I didn't know until I did some research. Um, This fleet was commanded by Francisco Pelzart. He was one of the most experienced merchants of the Dutch East India Company. Okay. Um, Big wig. Yeah. The Batavia was meant to travel from Texel, Holland to the East Indies. Texel is in the western part of Europe. Okay. I was like, I don't know where that is, right, but okay. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, and the East Indies is actually a group of islands between Asia and Australia. Mm-hmm. That little area there. That little area there. Because I didn't know that either. So, they were supposed to sail south, down, around Africa, and then northeast through the Indian Ocean to the East Indies. East Indies. <laughs> My bad. East Indias. <laughs> the look on your face, There's I was more like, than what? One India. <laughs> okay. The Batavia was accompanied by seven other ships and was carrying various treasures, including silver and antiques that were to be sold to an Indian ruler. Mm-hmm. And they were all there were also sandstone blocks that were going to be used for a porch-like structure for a building that was to be a gatehouse in Batavia, which is also the name of the city. That was the headquarters for the Dutch East India Company in that area. Okay. Does all that make sense? Sort of. I'm trying my best to follow. Well, I know it's kind of like a lot. I didn't know how to word it. So. You're wording it perfectly. Sandstone blocks. They're supposed to be for this structure that was going to be built when they got to the East Indies. Gotcha. Okay. I got that part. Well, (laughs) uh, there's a lot of treasures on this ship. There were about 341 people on board, most of which were crewmen of the ship officers, sailors, and other employees. The next largest group of occupants were soldiers of about 100. The smallest group was civilians, and some of these were wives and children of the employees. Uh, I feel like it's not good that there are little babies on there. Yeah. There weren't very many women. Usually there weren't, like, ever hardly any women on any ships because it was full of men. Right. And they knew it wasn't a good idea. So anyway, in October of 1628, the Batavia left the port in Texel. Uh-huh. So, a long time ago. long time ago. Yes, this was supposed to be an eight-month voyage. And while the ships were sailing through the North Sea, an awful storm hit. And afterwards, only three ships were left with each other. One of which was the Batavia. And they had seven starting out? Yes. 
Oh, no. So already not going so well. Um, the three ships sailed on and made it to the Cape of Good Hope, which is very close to the southern tip of Africa. I've heard of that one. You have. I had not. <laughs> Couldn't have told you where it was, but I've heard of it. <laughs> well, now you know where it's at. Um, they were making good time here because they had arrived a month before they had planned to. Okay. So even with the storm and the fact that there were only three left, they Killing were it. doing pretty good. At one point while they were stopped here, there was an altercation between Pelsart and... I'm going to do my best to pronounce these names right. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian Jacobs. Jacobs. It's spelled like Jacobs. It's probably Jacobs. Okay. <laughs> um, he was the captain of the ship. Okay. He had gotten drunk and was acting out, and Pilsart pretty much put him in his place <laughs> um, in front of the crew members, so he was humiliated, probably. It is safe to say that Jacobs and Pilsart did not like each other. Other resources that I have read and heard said that they had worked together before, and they already had this dislike established. Uh, so there was a, uh, uh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? I don't know. Like a feud. I, I can't think of the word. I can't either. I'm sorry. sorry Usually, guys, decent. they're probably screaming it. Yeah. You're thinking that. <laughs> so, um, not long after the Cape of Good Hope, after leaving the Cape of Good Hope, somehow the three ships got separated, and Batavia was left sailing on her own. Mm-mm. Pelsart ended up getting sick, and he had to spend most of his time in his cabin. The person under Jacobs, Jacobs. was a man named Euronymus Cornelius. Okay. I'm sorry if I butchered that. <laughs> but he was the third in command. Other sources said that he was the second in command, and then the captain was the third. So I'm not sure, 100%. But either way, they are underneath Pelsart. So Cornelius followed a belief that, quote, all religions restrict pleasure. In doing so, they are contrary to the will of God, who put us on earth that we might, during our brief existence, enjoy without hindrance everything that might give us pleasure. End quote. Okay. Yeah. So, according to Luke, my boyfriend, he was a pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gave him a little bit of rundown, and he's like, so he was just a pig, huh? I was like, uh, yeah. What a pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, with Pelsar absent, things got pretty bad. Uh, there was a woman named Lucretia Hans. Lucretia Hans? Possibly. <laughs> Lucretia Hans? Um, I'm not sure about the last name, but I'm pretty sure Lucretia is how her first name is pronounced. It's pretty. It is. Um, she was 27 years old, and she was on her way to see her husband in Batavia. Jacobs liked her, or just wanted her, mm. for, you know, uh, more correctly. But she turned him down multiple times. And at one point, she was attacked by a group of men. Oh, no. Um, they hung her over the edge of the ship by her feet and went on to, quote, indecently maltreat her body, mm. end quote. But fortunately, they didn't kill her. Still yeah. not good, but she did live. I'm sure there were other instances on the ship while Pelsart was ill, but um, the sources that I used didn't elaborate on those. Like That's just one of them, at least. Yeah. Um, on June 4th. In 1629, the Batavia ran into some trouble. More specifically, she ran into Morning Reef. Morning Reef. Yes. And this is a reef that is located off the coast of Australia. Is it spelled like the morning time yes. or like sad grief morning? I was uh, just wondering. Time of day. Gotcha. Earliest time of day. She ran aground by running into Morning Reef. And like I said, this is off the coast of Australia, so they had ended up pretty far, of course. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the ship had wrecked near Beacon Island, which is part of a 50-mile chain of islands called the Houtman of Brolos. Okay. Don't know if that's right either. Sounds good to me. All right, we'll go with it. Um, Pelsart felt the effects of the wreck, and then he ran up to see what was going on. He was in his cabin at the time, still sick. Um, after he found out what had happened, he said to Jacobs, quote, Skipper, what have you done that through your reckless carelessness you have run this noose round our necks? End quote. Oh, dang. So yeah. he's like, what did you do? You just, like, sealed our fate. Yeah. So obviously he blamed him. He, he was the captain of the ship, so. Yeah. Most of the people um, were transported to Beacon Island and Trader Island um, using their little, I guess, survivor boats or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know what they're called. Long boats or whatever. About 70 men stayed on the Batavia. Okay. One of the ones that stayed on board was Cornelius, and apparently there was no fresh water on the islands that they could find. Hmm. They had fresh water and barrels on the ship, but they couldn't get these unless uh, she completely broke down and the barrels managed to float to the island. Hmm. So, since that was very unlikely, it was decided that they should go and search for water. Makes sense. If no water was found, they would set out to Batavia to get help. Okay. Is it pretty clear when I say which Batavia, whether I'm talking about the ship or the city? To me, yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I should add, like, the city in there. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're ever confused, just ask. Like, they decided, you know, if all else fails, they're just going to swim out to sea and hope they <laughs> find this ship. <laughs> yep. Well, they know where the ship is. Well, oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, Sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. That's okay. Anywho. This was like a decision that was made with Pelzart and many of the other crewmates, probably the officers and stuff, on what they should do. Mm-hmm. Pelzart and 47 other men left, and the captain, Jacobs, Jacobs, sorry. Get it right. There's a chain there. <laughs> was among them. <laughs> they didn't have any luck finding water, so they headed to Batavia. The boat. No, the city. <laughs> Continue, I'm sorry. One of the questions that I had whenever I was doing my research was, why didn't they go to Australia? Because they're searching around on these islands for fresh water. Why didn't they go to Australia? It was, what, 30 miles off, I think 30 miles off the coast of Australia. Maybe they weren't in good standing with Australia. Well, I don't know. I found another source that said that after searching the other islands, and not having any luck on the mainland of Australia. Mm. I don't know much about history, I'll tell you that right now. But Australia probably wasn't actually founded at that time. Like, they may not have even known what all was there. Oh, that's true. This is like the 1600s. Yes. So, they did go to Australia. They just didn't find anything because there was nothing there. Huh, makes sense. I'm thinking. Okay. If I'm wrong, (laughs) I mean, you could totally tell me. But, um, it took about 33 days but they made it to Batavia. Yay. Once they got there, Jacobs was immediately arrested for negligence on Pilsart's word. Mm-hmm. His reckless carelessness, or careless recklessness. I don't remember what he said. <laughs> the noose. Reckless the noose carelessness. around their necks. Um, the men there took a few days to get things in order to set sail again and departed on the ship Sardom. Okay. I think that's right. If not, moving on. <laughs> However, it took them another 63 days to make it back to where the Batavia had wrecked. Don't know why, but yeah, they were, ended up being gone for over three months. Because they didn't have Jacobs with them to lead him. Jacobs. Jacobs. <laughs> Jacobs, Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, 
Mr. Jacobs could have gotten them there really quick. You never know. <laughs> now we are going to talk about what happened during the over three month period that Pilsart was gone on these islands. <laughs> First, the ship fell apart. Like she ended up just completely breaking down in the Like water. we all do. <laughs> yeah. Um, we feel you, Batavia. <laughs> uh, this caused about 40 men to drown. Oh, no. The rest ended up making it to Beacon and Trader Island floating on debris. And there were like 70 still on the ship? Yes. So about 30 people. Yes. Okay. Um, one of them was Cornelius. Mm-hmm. And some of these survivors... Survivors? Some of these survivors. <laughs> some of these survivors believed that Pelsart had abandoned them. He was going out to find water and to come help, but a lot of them felt like, you left us. I think there were over 200 of them. You so, left me. Cornelis used this belief to gain some, I cannot talk today, to gain some port. <laughs> to gain support from about 40 men and essentially put himself in charge. He was planning on taking over any ship that came their way. And it didn't matter if people on that ship would have been there to rescue them. Dude, like... Yeah. He's getting too big for his little birches. Yep. Um, if that didn't happen, then he just wanted to live out his life doing whatever he wanted with whatever woman he wanted. Mm. Kind of goes back to the belief that he had, we are here to indulge in whatever gives us pleasure. Yeah. Um, in order to make sure that he could do this, Cornelius had to take care of anyone who got in his way. Or anyone who he thought would get in his way. Mm-hmm. Cornelius somehow had a group of men of about 45 thinking that there was fresh water on nearby Seal Island. And there wasn't. So, this group set out for this island, and Cornelius basically just left them there to die. Wow. Yeah. Another thing that he did to kind of eliminate any threats, he ordered a group of soldiers and their commander, I'm going to do the best I can, Viba Hayes? <laughs> I don't know if that's right. Um, we tried looking up this name before, and it was like, Viba, Weeby, Weeby, Wabby, Whitey. And like, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to say v- Viba. Is that what I said? Viba's wobble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> I'm going to call him Commander Hayes from now on. But that Sounds good to me. That, that's what it is. So. I would appreciate that. Um, he ordered this group of soldiers and their commander to explore in the direction that Pelsart had went. Uh, he had taken their guns before they left and once again assumed they wouldn't be back just like Pelsart. Mm-hmm. Which Pelsart did come back, but he wasn't expecting him to. It had been too long in his eyes for Pelsart to return with any luck. They were, he just, they were just left there. Yeah, this so, three months later, right? Not this per se. This happened in the three months that he was gone. Oh, okay. Um, there are also accounts of men being drowned. Uh, Cornelius would send people out in boats, and, uh, while they were out in the ocean, his followers would throw them overboard. So, I'm guessing he would out to, he would maybe send them out to maybe look for wreckage or some kind of useless errand. Yeah. He would make sure that he had his men with them so they could take care of any men that he felt was a threat to him. Right. These tactics removed a big portion of those who would oppose him. So then he turned to outright murder, saving a few women and keeping Lucretia for himself. Children were also victims of the violence. Then he notices people walking around on Seal Island, which meant the group he sent there were still alive. Mm -hmm. So he sent his men to take care of them, and they did. What's your problem, bruh? He has no consideration for other humans, apparently. But 
Cornelis experienced a setback. Smoke was noticed coming from an island that is now known as West Wallaby Island. I don't know if that's right. I don't either, so I also don't know if it's wrong. Exactly. This was the direction that Cornelis had sent the soldiers and their commander. This smoke signal meant that they had found fresh water, (laughs) and they weren't dead like Cornelis had hoped they would be, or eventually be. (laughs) In your face. So, if they had managed to survive, this would impede on Cornelis's power he had on everyone. Also, if there happened to be a rescue ship coming to help from that direction, the soldiers could inform them of all that Cornelis had done. So they were gone, but somehow they had heard about it. I don't remember if people, other people were sent out and then they had filled them in or they just left of their own accord and found them and told them what was going on. Either way, they knew. Right. So Cornelius once again sends his men to eliminate another threat, this time by trying to convince them to join them. But this didn't work, so he sends more men to attack them, which would be pretty easy since the soldiers didn't have any weapons. Because he sent them there without any. Right. Or so he thought. However, his men were overpowered and had to bring back the bad news to Cornelius. Mm-hmm. Now, Cornelius was enraged. So he went to deal with the situation himself. But Cornelius's efforts were unsuccessful and he was subdued. Ooh. Finally. Um, the soldiers and Hayes were able to capture Cornelius and five other men. And not long after this, Pelsart returns with help. See, all you gotta do is have, have a little faith in your man, man. Yep. Just gotta have faith. Bam, ba damn, ba damn. George Michael. <laughs> I don't know the song, but oh. you're silly. <laughs> so now I'm going to read you an excerpt from a journal kept by Pelsart from September 17th, 1629. Ooh. I found a source that had um, like almost 100 pages of journal entries from Pelsart. Oh, that's cool. Which. I will attach the link, but it was, I thought it would have been really interesting, but it was also written in the 1600s, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to understand, plus it was 100 pages. I didn't, thou art, I didn't thou read a lot. <laughs> That's not that bad. Here, here's, oh, okay. an, here's the excerpt. This is from when Pilsart returned to the wreck site. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the morning, with daybreak, lifted our anchor again, the wind north, were then about two miles from the high island ran towards that four. Before noon, approaching the island, we saw smoke on a long island two miles west of the wreck, also on another small island close by the wreck, about which we were all very glad, hoping to find great numbers, or rather all people, alive. Therefore, as soon as the anchor was dropped, I sailed with the boat to the highest island, which was nearest, taking with me a barrel of water, ditto bread, I don't know, and a keg of wine coming there i saw no one at which we wondered i sprang ashore and at the same time we saw a very small yawl which is a small boat with four men rowing round the northerly point one of them named commander hayes (laughs) sprang ashore and ran towards me calling me from afar welcome but go back aboard immediately for there is a party of scoundrels on the islands near the wreck with two sloops who have intention to seize the yacht end quote Okay. I know it's kind of jumbled, but gives you a pretty good idea, right? Yeah. Of what they saw when they arrived. He gets there, and he he's expecting all these people, and there's, like, barely any. And he gets up there, and he's like, no, go back. 
Yeah. Because they're out to get you. Yeah. And also, I think this, um, and I don't know a lot about Pelsart's character, but I do know that God was quoted a lot in his journal entries. So maybe he wasn't a pig. Maybe not. But I also know that being a godly man back then wasn't necessarily what we call, consider it today. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that he was probably a good man. But with him saying that uh, he sailed the boat to the highest island, which was nearest, taking with him a barrel of water. And he also talked about how glad he was um, in his journals to be back. Yeah, he cared. He cared about yeah. him. So it seemed, anyway. Um, and here he's talking about whenever he tells him to go back, he's telling him to go back to the main island where the wreck site was because there was people there. And they were actually going to try to take over the Sardom, that ship. Mm-hmm. So he's like, do get they out put, of here. Yeah, they put anchor down with the Sardom, and then he sailed out on a smaller boat to that island that he saw people there first. Okay, and that's in that boat he took yeah. the water and the wine. Yeah, and then Commander Hayes told him to go back to the Sardom. Like, they're going to take over that ship, and you're going to be left here too. <laughs> gotcha. So, okay. I know it's confusing, <laughs> but... So, there were still other mutineers and accomplices of Cornelius who were fighting back, but they were also eventually defeated. Good grief. Yeah. Um, some of them surrendered when Pelsard approached them. They just laid down their weapons. I give up. That mean, I'm good. I'm good, bro. <laughs> no, no resistance here. Yeah. Um, during interrogations, it was learned that there was a plan all along to mutiny against the commander. I was wondering about that. <laughs> uh, there was also an excerpt from this, too. It was really cool. But apparently, Jacobs, Cornelis, and the high bosun, along with others, were working together. And apparently, a bosun was an officer of the ship in charge of equipment, maintenance, crew, etc. And also, another interesting fact, it is spelled Boat Swain. Boat Swain. Yes, and it's called bosun. The English language. Well, this probably wasn't English, but anyway. <laughs> oh, the language. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that did include the quote from the excerpt from the journal. Okay, so, they, quote, had it in mind to seize the ship Batavia before it was wrecked to kill the commander and all people except 120 towards whom they were more favorably inclined and to throw the dead overboard into the sea and then go pirating with the ship, end quote. So they're going to keep the best workers, the best people in the crew and just screw everybody else. Yeah. And then also people who were okay to do that. Yeah. If they were planning this for a long time and stuff, they were going to talk to other people and get more accomplices in and get people on their side yeah so some people felt that the assault on lucretia may have been the first step of initiating this by baiting pelsart to take action against the perpetrators they thought that he would react violently and then that would kind of initiate yeah the mutiny but that didn't work nope it did not uh one of the podcasts that i listened to suggested that Maybe while he was ill, he had kind of gained the knowledge that this was uh, being planned to mm-hmm. overthrow him. So he knew that he needed to react calmly. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. So, because the, the other resources that I looked at um, didn't really explain what happened after that attack. But they feel that maybe he, he knew, knew what they were conspiring to do. Yeah, and he thought, well, this obviously isn't going to be good for me if I react violently. I mean, that so, makes sense. Yep. Who knows? Smart man, if it's true. Anyway. <laughs> um, after the rescue, the mutineers had their right hands cut off before they were hanged at the gallows, which they built on the island of the wreckage and stuff. Cornelius had both of his hands cut off. Mm-hmm. And the execution took place on Seals Island on October 2nd, 1629. Before heading back to Batavia, the city, 
<laughs> Pelsart and his men, they set out to retrieve as much of the cargo that was taken that they could. All the treasure and stuff. Yes. Um, divers were also sent down to the Batavia wreckage to find what was salvageable. 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 So much easier to say in your head. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Sardum returned to Batavia on December 5th, 1629, carrying survivors whatever valuables that were recovered, and the men who played a more minor role in the mutiny, for they were to be executed there. So you're coming back with us, but you still dead. Yup. I guess they thought they could wait a little longer. Like, they could sail back with them and it wouldn't really be an issue. Well, they probably weren't near as big of a threat. Yeah. With Cornelius and them, they were like, you're dead now. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't putting up with you no longer, you pig. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise up some gallows real quick and you're, you're, you're dead. Build the gallows! <laughs> Anywho, in the end of it, uh, approximately 116 people survived after the Batavia wreck. That's just an estimated number, but it doesn't really include people who may have left or didn't get on the ship at the beginning or may have gotten off the ship earlier. Yeah, just kind of like different, you know, give or take a little bit. And then after um, excavation and everything, that place became known as Batavia's Graveyard. Batavia's? Batavia's. (laughs) Batavia's. <laughs> I said Batavia for no telling how long before I realized. Batavia. Batavia. Batavia hey, I've Batavia. heard it. I've heard it said both ways. But uh, that is all I have on Batavia's graveyard. That's cool. I like that story. Yeah. There is a lot um, of information on the excavation. Um, I think that it was not discovered until almost 300 years later. Oh, wow. Yes. I don't remember how it was discovered, but I know that on one island... Someone was digging up for a uh, pipeline or a sewage drain, and they discovered a human skull. That's usually how it goes. After authorities were informed, the excavation range uh, was widened, and they started Mm. searching even further along these islands. And just finding more and more and more. I know that there were more remains found in just 2017. Oh, wow. Yes. So I don't know if it's still going on, but I do know that it's like tourist areas and stuff, and I'm... I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it is sectioned off for more excavation. I'm not 100% yeah, they sure. They probably won't ever find everything or everybody. Nope. nope. That's sad. Yeah. They have found um, graves of six people. Mm-hmm. Um, they found a grave of five. Um, and in those graves, they have obviously found children. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm surprised how many people did survive, though. Over 100 Yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I'm happy for them. Yeah. That was really interesting. Sorry. (laughs) There was also um, a man who unfortunately witnessed his family, you know, become victims of Cornelius' power and anger um, and threats. But he survived, and there is a journal that still exists, and that's how they found out about some of this. Oh, and obviously, cool. um, Pelsart's journal entries gave them a whole lot of insight, too. That's crazy that people can get so much information from just somebody keeping a daily diary of just whatever. Yeah. In the 1600s. Yeah. That's just crazy. 1629, That was really interesting, though. I liked it. I'm glad. Uh, Rusty, hope you enjoyed it. Yes. And we do want to apologize for our whole schedule thing and things are going to be different, but I started yes. a new job and the way my schedule is now, I just cannot make Mondays work without losing what I have left of my mind. So <laughs> from now on, we will be posting a new episode every Friday. Yes. 
And here soon, our other sister, one of our other sisters, is going to contribute to our little podcast thingy-majigger here. I'm excited about that one. Yes, and it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> so you have that to look forward to. Yep. Uh, send more case suggestions, yes. theories, uh, your own personal stories to relatively dark podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Join our group. Rate us. Follow us. Like us. Love us. Tell all your bodies. Tell all your bodies. I almost forgot. You got me. <laughs> got you. Bye, guys. Come again. Come on. Bye. Goodbye.